Unit 2, Part 7, Nasotracheal Intubation. So um, it's a bit of a dying art. And technically, um, some physicians may not want you to do nasotracheal intubations. I know they don't want you to do it in Simcoe, unless that's changed. Does that change? No, no it hasn't changed. Yeah, so uh, they may not want you doing it for a couple of reasons. I mean, it's not without the potential for complications. Uh, oftentimes, when you nasally tracheally intubate someone, they're going to have to extubate them and intubate them orally, get it out of the nose. Um, but it's a good alternative when you can't or tracheally intubate them because they have trismus or their GCS isn't low enough to <coughs> intubate them orally and, <coughs> you know, the physician may be reluctant to give you analgesia and sedation to drop their GCS so you can uh, intubate them uh, orally. So uh, it's a good, um, I think everyone else in the province is doing nasotracheal intubation. It's a bit of a lost art. It's not, not difficult to do. Um, so let's talk about the indication. So, um, uh, short form is blind nasal uh, tracheal intubation, so BNTI. Um, it's uh, when it's used when oral intubation is difficult or impossible, um, or direct visualization of the airway is difficult or impossible because they've got jaw clenching, like trismus or something else going on, uh, or the mouth can't be opened, right? So contraindications, uh, they've got to be breathing, so apnea would be a contraindication. Suspected basal skull fracture with mid, mid facial fractures. So, not just any basal skull fracture, but mid facial fractures. <coughs> Airway burns. You, you don't want to put any sort of tube in blindly into the trachea when you're worried about laryngeal trauma, croup, anything that's where there's an inflammatory process. Because when you're poking a tube blindly, you're just, you're just poking something that's already inflamed. And that can cause laryngospasm and can cause the inflammation to swell to the point where the airway gets lost completely. So, so you got to make sure there's no uh, airway burns, things like that, suspected laryngeal fracture. Under eight, because their adenoids are more prominent and they're, they're very vascular, so they bleed like a stuffed pig, um, can cause excessive bleeding. Uh, along those lines, I can't remember if I have it on the list of contraindications, but um, a patient who's anticoagulated, so they're on rivaroxaban or warfarin, something like that. It's considered a contraindication just, um, from the base hospital's medical director perspective. Um, where are we? Some advantages, so it, it minimizes manipulation of the spine if you're dealing with a trauma patient. Trismus isn't a barrier. That's a test question, by the way, which of the following is not a bar barrier to nasotracheal intubation. Trismus is not a barrier. Um, can be done in a patient with status seizures, you know, where they got recurring seizures and midazolam is not doing the trick and they're hypoxic and you can't adequately ventilate them, they've got trismus, you know, and you can't do a rapid sequence induction because we're not allowed to do that, uh, nasotracheal intubation. Um, some argue that nasotracheal tube is better tolerated, that because it's pressed up against the posterior wall of the hypopharynx that it doesn't stimulate the gag reflex as much. And my experience with nasotracheal intubation is when patients start to improve neurologically, they seem to tolerate it better than an ET tube, oral ET tube. Um, you can do an awake intubation, although you'd never do it in a patient who's completely awake, but partially awake. A <coughs> um, uh, patient can't bite down on the tube. Right? And an oral trachea tube, you've got a head injured patient, oral trachea tube, you want to get um, put a... Uh, a, an OPA in there as a bite block uh, because head injury patients, for example, they will reflexly bite down on the ET tube 
and they'll block off their airway to the point where they die. Like you and I, we can't take a deep breath, hold it, and die. Our bodies just don't, don't work that way. But a head injury patient can reflexly bite down and kill themselves. So you got to have a bite block, either uh, a tube holder that has a bite block built into it, like those really nice, beautiful tube types we carry in Halton, or uh, an OPA, right? So they can't bite down. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I meant I left it as a video, so I'll the video. Sorry, I'll I'll post the handout for it though. I'll post the handout for it. It's on there. It is. Is it? Okay, okay, okay. Um, the patient can be sitting, which is nice. You know, you can easily intubate someone who's sitting. Um, difficult to do that with an oral tracheal intubation. Um, so the procedure uh, clearly: air suction, pre-medicates, uh, pre-oxygenates, lidocaine spray in each near. Um, hypopharynx if possible, xylem attached.